Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host for Grief Recovery Now today and every day. So happy you're here today. I always start my podcast just expressing my deep gratitude for everyone who's on, who's listening today and any of their friends that they share this with. What I've noticed lately, which I'm so proud of the last couple of weeks, I've been noticing our reach is really widened. And today we had like 12 countries in my ACAS. I looked at some analytics just for the fun of it because I'm watching it grow inch by inch. And I am just flabbergasted. So thank you guys who are repeated listeners. And if you're new here, welcome. This is a come as you are podcast. Be where you are grief wise, happy, sad. You know of a friend you're concerned about who has grief and you may be dealing with some long-term grief or short-term grief. We are here with you. You are not alone. I talk about the myth that people think grieving people should be alone. Far from it. As I know we need our alone time, I also know that we need each other to remind each other how loved we are, how you are not alone, and that grief is not a broken brain and it's it's a broken heart. And we're here to go from heartbreak to heartbreak through. And we specialize in and we concentrate on the recovery portion. Before every podcast, I just talk a little bit about some tools that I use personally and friends use personally. And I, today, before, out of respect for all of you, I tell you, I take a bath before every podcast and I meditate and I listen to music or I read or just be. And the reason why I do that and anyone who's grieving or just a little out of sorts, know that your skin is the largest organ in your body. So if you're in sort of some type of state and you want to sort of not, I don't want to say relief, but you're in it and you just want to get back in your body, take a great bath, put some bubble bath in there and your body, this, your skin as being a largest organ in your body totally changes that state. I don't want you to avoid your state. It just gets keeps you in your body. Cause I know sometimes with me, I can go outside my body or I'm from the neck up talking from my head and not from my heart. So I believe it just brings you back to center. So this is not fluffy stuff. This is stuff that helps your nervous system and help you just stay grounded in life. And so I hope you appreciate that tip. There's one more music. When I was taking my bath today, I thought of music that affected me. I just got this book. It's called Rock Covery. And every single, it's for 30 days, or excuse me, a whole year book of meditations. And it's rock recovery, it's called. 
And every meditation daily talks about a band and its song. And they talk about how each person, their different authors, talk about how a song has affected them or saved them or been part of their history. So I was thinking about some songs that I used to listen to and still do. One was for my mother who passed away. And it was Whitney Houston all at once. And I had an old boyfriend and he said, why do you listen to the song all the time? You cry every time. But I was like, no, but it was healing for me. It was part of me getting in my heart. Then I have a song. I'm a big progressive rock person and it's by Yes. And it's called Close to the Edge. And one of the tunes is close to the edge down by the river. Seasons will pass you by. And it, it one the verse that I love is like, I get up, I get down. I know it. I just destroyed the song, but it talked about life goes through seasons and we're up and we're down. And it's just the way it is. I used to travel. And during the time I had a cassette player and a Walkman. And, I, and at that time, songs were whole albums. They don't do that anymore. So I was, I'd be in Hawaii or someplace. I don't care, Ohio. I would put it on and start running and I would listen to that song in another centering, get in my heart place. And I didn't feel alone. If you're not around anyone, or even if you're around people, music is company. And it reminds, I think it just reminds and and wakes up part of our memory. And it's healing too. I had a breakup, Gloria Estefan, I would sing it all the time, put it on, crank it up, and I would just be one with that music. So do it today, even after this podcast, go turn it up and dance, sit, whatever you want to do. Think of something from childhood or something that was a part of your chapter in your life. So that is my tip for today. And again, I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Okay, our awesome guest today. I'm so enthusiastic about her being here. Starting in New York, Marianne Murphy has spent her entire adult life passionate about artistic expression and aesthetic beauty. Her appreciation for unique stylistic elements encompasses the entire creative spectrum, ranging from clothes to furniture and from architecture to music and art. Living in Chicago in the 90s, she shifted her career to interior design. In 2008, Marianne relocated to Beverly Hills to be near her growing list of California clients. Her career in Los Angeles has been explosive in a good way. I met Marianne a long time ago in Chicago, and she was at a very important turning point in her life. And what I observed about Marianne is that she is a courageous woman. What she This turning point, you had to be brave. You had to be courageous. You had to be scared. All those at once. And she just showed up. She's also involved in other things, too, which I didn't talk about. I said she's on the board of directors for the Rape Foundation and Women's Treatment Center called Friendly House. She's a giver. She is enthusiastic about life. And the reason why was compelled to have her on the show. She's not a professional. She doesn't speak about grief. She doesn't speak about trauma or PTSD unless, you know, she has a a opportunity to, but she's not a professional. She's a peer of everyone here. And I just think she's a courageous woman. Her life is well-lived and she's a human being, a woman who lives just like us every day, has her tools. I see her on Facebook now. We don't hang out. We're in each other's orbit, but we don't have lunch together or anything like that. But what I see on her Facebook, she always, she puts on my tools for today. 
She'll say compassion. She'll say honesty. She'll say prayer or whatever it is. And it's always different and with some similarity. So the universe, my intuition said, ask Marianne to be on your show. And so I did. So please help me welcome Marianne Murphy. Welcome, Marianne. So glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. Well, you are so welcome. As we had talked about before, we talk how I like to talk about grief on the show. And at least this is how it is important to me is we talk about what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. And you can talk about your professional career and most of all, some of your experiences. Now that our audience sort of knows you professionally in some ways and what a heart you have, let's talk about about what it was like and why we're talking. You're here on Grief Recovery Now. I didn't even know you would say yes to this, even though I knew you had things and I heard you enough. But it was so great when I asked you and realized you are such an open spirit and you'll just go for it. And be as authentic and beautiful as you are inside and out. So let her rip. Thank you. You know, you know a bit of my story. I think you've heard it. You know, I I got sober 25 years ago, and that was a big turning point for me. And while some people definitely feel grief around the recovery process, I did not. I jumped on, you know, they call it a pink cloud. I jumped on a pink cloud And I was on that cloud for quite some time. Now, some of the things that they wrote, told you to write about in the early days of recovery were, you know, what are some of your trigger points? You know, what would be something that you would definitely drink over? And, you know, I had a list and every single one of those things came true. Every single one of them happened in my recovery, but I was told you don't drink or use no matter what, that it would make your life worse if you did. You know, I did, I moved out to, I I got divorced after 22 years and brought my beautiful daughter out to California and 2008 happened immediately. And all of those wonderful California clients, except for one or two disappeared, you know, because 2008, the bottom fell out and you know what? I hung in there and made it work. And, you know, I, I met that man four years into living in LA you know, that swept off my feet, larger than life. Oh my God. And there were definitely some red flags and I overlooked them because come on, you know, this is, this is better than, this is better than sliced bread. This is amazing. And you get whirled into that whole space of romance and love. And I'm sure he didn't mean that, or I'm sure that came out wrong. And it was a whirlwind. And within six months, I found myself Mrs and living in Bel Air and all of those things that were taught as girls. And I, and I blame Disney that I totally blame Disney. You know, we're, we're spoon fed from the youngest age, Prince on a white stallion. In this case, it was Prince in a Porsche, but whatever. And it's, you know, Sleeping Beauty and all of that. And even though I've been self-supporting through my own contributions, my entire life, this felt different. And so a year and a half into my marriage, a little more than a year and a half into my marriage, when my sister, she committed suicide. And the first big chink showed up in the armor because, no, you're not going to go to her funeral. She was an addict and you shouldn't go. Well, and I had had some illness. I knew that I had something going on with 
one of my ovaries. And around that time, he started acting very, very cold. And I just finished this house for us that we were moving into from the ground up. It was just an amazing house on the beach. And he started acting bizarre and very, very aloof and very cold. And my sister had died and I found out I had ovarian cancer and he asked for a divorce. You know, it, it's, it's called flooding. I didn't know that. It's called flooding when your entire, it's like a layering of grief, one on top of the other. And my entire life, whenever something happened that I didn't like, or I didn't want to think about, I would take that package it up, put it in a nice little box and put it on a shelf behind me and not think about it and not deal with it and just not deal with it. And I could disassociate from the pain of whatever it was I was feeling. And in that moment, when my husband asked for a divorce less than two years into our marriage, and then literally became so angry, so, so incredibly angry. I, I just, I, 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 dealt with it the best I could. I would take little boxes of grief and I would unpackage it and I would deal with that grief that day, that moment, that space that I was in. And that's the only way I could deal with it. And I love that you talked about, Charlene, the different things we can do. One of the things that I did was I lit candles and that actually became a business for me later. And I also, in those early days, I'm a cyclist. I bicycle, I mountain bike, and I road bike. And I would ride and I would have my headphones on. I don't suggest that to anybody, but I needed loud music to drown out the the headspace I was in. And I would sing really loud to myself and, and dance and just distract myself from the grief. The absolutely overwhelming grief. And I cried in those early six months so much that I actually stripped my vocal cords and had to walk around. I don't know if you remember this, Charlene. I had to walk around with an iPad for six months saying, I can't speak. <laughs> if you know me, that's really hard because I'm a chatterbox. I can't speak. And I had to have laser surgery and reconnect my vocal cords because it's it's vocal cord dysphonia. When you cry at that at that guttural level, like um, like opera like opera singers do. I am no opera singer. Let me tell you, you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> but but the grief was something you know for somebody who I don't want to say I prided myself on not being a crybaby. Like you know, I was raised you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you get on with it, and you don't show your pain and you don't ask for help, and you just get on with it. And I couldn't. I I, I couldn't. I needed to face what was happening. And I know at one point I asked my therapist and I did everything. I did trauma therapy. I got diagnosed with PTSD, which I'll circle back around to because I have a new, a new meaning for me. I went to, you know, I'm a sober woman. So I went to a lot of AA meetings. I was the secretary of two big meetings in California simultaneously in one week two big meetings. And I stayed so close to my, my sober family and, and my family and my friends who allowed me to constantly regurgitate and emotionally throw up every day all over, all over the place. And so I had a safe community for me to start the process. And let me tell you, it was not overnight. And I couldn't understand because 
I had been able to compartmentalize pain for years. So why can't I just shove this in a little box and put it up here and divorce this asshole and get on with my life? And I couldn't. I just, the shelf had broke and it wouldn't hold me not facing, really facing what was happening in my life. So I had to face it. I had to unpack cancer. I had to unpack my sister's death. I had to unpack the loss of a house that I had just built and would never live in. By the way, he moved another woman in literally two weeks after he asked for a divorce. And I had to unpack that and and look at all of that. And then I had to look at my part of it. There were red flags. Why? Why would I have allowed myself a successful woman living in Beverly Hills with a successful company? How did I get there? And I had to look at that and really own my part of that. And little by little, and it wasn't overnight. I mean, I don't even want to say it was in the first year. It wasn't even in the second year. I started to to feel a little better, to feel a little better. But it wasn't as quickly as I wanted. And I, and I, I allowed not the wallowing part of it, but my daughter, who is now 19, got to watch her mom walk through immense pain, suffering, injustice. I was spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially bankrupt. And she watched me hang on. And then she watched me climb up. And then she watched me tree and she watched me blossom. You were like the phoenix. Yeah, yeah, exactly, like a phoenix. So in that, I went to the Camino because people go on these pilgrimages to to Spain and walk. I'm a big hiker and I love to hike. And I went on this long pilgrimage in Spain called the Camino. It's been there for thousands of years and millions of people have taken this journey. And at the end, a group of women, we decided to do the artist way and to journal and to do these three pages every day. And it's right there in the big book. It's one of, it's the last steps I'm supposed to journal. And I never did. I just, I just never did. And anyone who's listening, the big book is Alcoholics Anonymous big book that is worldwide. And then it is a big blue book and different 12 step programs use them. AA is the mother load. Then there's NA, Al-Anon and all that. So that and is what Marianne is referring to. Love addiction. That's something I, I, I looked at that as well. I looked at my, my Your love addiction. Yeah. Not, you know, there's, there's varying different levels of SLAA. You know what? My first addiction was fantasy. My first addiction was at King Disney, you know, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be this amazing guy. Even though I've rescued me always, it's always come down to Marianne taking care of Marianne and as it should be, you know, you cannot attract a healthy person unless you are indeed a healthy person. That's just the way it works. Yes. So in I, my- I agree with you on the Prince Charming coming to save you for women. And I believe we have to grieve that dream. Oh, not I had happening. to and not being even yeah. realistic. I love my my guy. I love him, but he's not coming to save me. We are coming together by choice and by love and decision. And I'm not. I don't have any fantasy about it. No, of course I have some fantasy. Yeah. Wink, wink. I did, but I still did. Even after a 22 year marriage, I still had 
that, wow, you know, sparkly eyes and, and feet not on the ground. That has changed. And yes, and I'm in a super healthy relationship and we are amazing. And I, I love my space. He loves his space and I love when we're together. So yesterday, knowing that I was going to be doing this for you, I was writing in my, in my journal and I wrote that I was navigating the current and, and it dawned on me that the word current for me means I'm current. I'm current in my thoughts. I'm current in my space. I'm current. I'm, I'm also navigating the current of life, but I'm current. And one of the things that I'm super current on now is I got labeled six years ago when all this happened as having severe PTSD. And I didn't date for a while, obviously. And I spent a lot of time just being with Marianne, taking Marianne to the movies, taking Marianne out to dinner. I've never had a problem sitting in a restaurant by myself, but this was different. This was a, a planned occasion of just being with me. Not even bringing- The artist way, the artist way has that, your artist day. And I still take myself on artist way. Well, not so much during COVID, but- I did, I still do. I go on hikes by myself and they're planned hikes just to be quiet, and in nature. One thing that this grief did for me was even on hikes, I would always listen, I would always listen to music. I'd listen to either classical or I'd listen to rock, or if my mood was bad, it would even be heavy metal, you know, whatever it was, I would listen to, to music. And through the early stages of my grief, I needed silence. And so I learned to, um, I not learned to, I'd done it. It's not like I hadn't done it, but I started hiking only in silence. And that's how I met my guy. You know, I was on a mountain, it was 106 degrees out and I didn't have earbuds in. And so I was able to be aware when someone said hi to me coming from the opposite direction on the mountain on a 106 degree day at two o'clock in the afternoon. Hi, hi. And that became a conversation, which became a friendship, which years later became a relationship. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Isn't that's how nice we're ready. Yeah, and we're huge hikers and we're big mountain bikers and we do all that stuff together. And I like to believe God brought him in my life. And he says, no, when you meet people, you know, you create what you create in your life. And I, and I, I can't argue with that either. So yesterday I had, you know, I made this decision about PTSD. And so I wrote a new acronym for me. And the P stands for being in the present, staying in the now. And so that's the P for the P and PTSD. The T is time and you need to take the time that it takes to get over whatever the pain is. Give yourself that gift because if you rush it, it's going to show up somewhere else and it will show up and you'll have to clean up another mess. The S is for self-care. And, you know, like Charlene was saying, take that bath, take the time to give yourself that bath and light a candle. And if you're a drinker, have that glass of wine or not, whatever it is, the self-care, go get a massage or have the masseuse come to you or while we're in COVID, give it to yourself. I mean, there's all kinds of really great CBD ointments out there now. Give yourself a great rub. So that's the S in, in, in PTSD. And the D is for determination. You know, if you're determined that you're going to get better and you take care of yourself to get better, you will get better. That's, I was determined that that was not going to be my label. Oh, Marianne, you know, you heard what happened to her, right? Okay, right. shit happened. You know what? Sure. Someone told me years ago, life lifes, and my life has lifed. It has lifed a lot. 
God, I wouldn't change a thing. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't change. I, I wouldn't change that short-lived second marriage because the, the person I am today is what grew out of that. Right. All of that. And all of those things that happened in that short 60 day period, all those things happened to me. And I sat with my therapist that I'd had, I've had for years. And she said, you know, people would commit suicide over that. And I was like, God, don't say that. <laughs> you know, don't even say that. She's like, people don't survive having so much happen at once. You know, I, I never even shared that I had cancer with people. It was my friend, our friend, Charlene and I have a friend who died from cancer. And it was, it was my friend, Michael, who said, when are you going to talk to me about this? As he was dying at City of Hope, he said, when are you going to talk to me about your cancer? Were you able to? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was able you know, there was so much going on in those first 60 days. How do I get a lawyer? What do I do? Oh my God. How do I, how do I deal with my young daughter who is so close to his son and how do I, how do I manage this? That I just, I had the surgery. Thank God I didn't have to do chemo, but you know, the rest of the stuff. And I just got on with it. And then I lost my voice and how do I get through this? And, you know, it was the next thing and the next thing. And it was, it was years later before I could, it was probably four years before I stopped and went, oh my God, I had cancer. Like, holy shit, you know, like, but you're okay. probably so in the moment taking care of it and who knows what else I've never experienced it but Marianne can you go over and anyone who's listening uh, to our listeners get a pen who's have experienced PTSD or a loved one or someone who doesn't seem so much like a loved one because they're not healed you know they have PTSD and may not be as easy to live with and maybe share this what Marianne said can you just sort of start with P and what the P meant T yeah. D, and then what is PTSD PTSD. And just explain it just a little bit in case someone doesn't know it and they may have it. It's post-traumatic stress syndrome. And it's famous because of, you know, our boys in the troops, you know, they hear gun shells and someone slams a door and they're all of a sudden they're back in, they're literally back in that space and in that overwhelming pain. And even though your brain says, no, 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 you're sitting in your bedroom, it's quiet, your mind races and, and you, you, you feel that pain all over again. And, and it's traumatic. So that's the T. It's traumatic, post-traumatic stress because it's very stressful disorder and it's a disorder. It's something that you get diagnosed with. And I relived that those moments, those, because there were so many clustered together. And um, here's another word for you. It's called flooding. When your emotions are just, it's flooding and you're flooded with pain and you're flooded with grief and you're flooded with hurt. Just that feeling, I, I would describe it as someone took a huge knife and just sliced me from the top of my head to the bottom of my groin and my body would just fall apart. Oh. And that's what I would, I would feel that I would, I would just be in that. And, and you know what? I remember either I asked you to speak or you asked me to speak at a meeting and I don't know if it just happened or it happened. And you talked about something in the shower, something about this guttural, you know, oh, cause it was I, pretty fresh then. And 
the way you described it, I never forgot. I can't remember exact happening, but I just felt that feeling tone. I just got chills right now of that guttural thing. And I remember you were in a shower or something. I don't know why this is in my shower. I was, I I have a big shower and I would literally just be on the floor. And, and I'd never been like that. I'd never, ever, I didn't, I never mourned my my first marriage. I never cried. I just said, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm upset and I'm going to divorce and I'm going to move on. And I did. And, you know, thank God we're friends and we raised this amazing child. And, you know, but, but the pain in those early days, I couldn't believe the betrayal, the the hurt, the the freshness, the, the rug being pulled out. I just felt like I was in a free fall and couldn't grasp onto um how and why and it was it was i you know i and i and i've met with women that you know went through similar things and men too and men too that have been through you know just friends that have reached out because they've heard me speak about it and go holy shit like what did you do right and And i i i did a lot of a lot of a lot of listening a lot of listening and a lot of writing and you showed up, you showed up to speak, to be of service. And that's what part I noticed. And also just let's go. Did I miss anything on the PTSD? Yeah, you went through each P, right? The P, the P is staying present. So the P and PTSD for me now is present, staying present. The T is time because it, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it does not happen overnight. And for some people, they have to do tapping therapy. Tapping is, a, is a, you know, you can, you can get a therapist that can take you through different ways to tap and, and get through. And then there's, there's, you know, grief counseling. And I did that. And I did hypnotherapy. I did a lot of writing. And I had, a, you know, an, an AA sponsee or a sponsor who made me write, oh, God, I couldn't stand it. I mean, she just made me write about every little pain I had. She'd make me write 10 pages about it. And you know what? I was a yes. I, I hated her for it, but it was a yes. And I did it. Contrary action. If you feel don't feel like doing it, then you must do it. Yeah. Contrary action. Exactly. I just stayed with, I will be a yes. I will be a yes. And the S is for self-care. Take care of yourself. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not stupid. You didn't, you didn't, I didn't bring that onto myself. It, it happened. It happened. And, you know, it's hard because as an alcoholic, I want to say you created this. You're, you should have known better. You should have known better. I fell in love with the wrong person. My sister died and our bodies mutate. I can't control that. And so allowing myself to just be right. And we're, we grew up learning how to gain and to have, we never learned. I don't remember people ever talking to me or teaching me how to lose things. So when I lost things or all of a sudden big disruption happened and loss, whether it, you know, I set myself up for it or something I had no control over COVID, whatever it is. Yeah. It just is. So, so it was so beautiful. Life, life. And then the last thing is the D for determination. You know, if you are determined that you will get better, you will work at the craft. You know, it's a practice. You know, I practice, 
I practice my sobriety. I practice my yoga. I practice meditation. I practice journaling. I practice my life. I, I, there are days where I really am so off the mark. And then there are days when everything just goes right. And yesterday I, I mountain biked for three hours, really a hard single trek with my boyfriend. And I like to think I'm a really good biker. Yesterday, my legs were weak. I was tired. I walked part of it, which I never do. And my practice sucked. It's okay. It's okay. You are where you are. And it's so funny what you bought. You said off the mark. I learned this on someone in the plane, and this isn't a religious program, nor am I religious, but we were talking about the Old Testament. He was the scholar priest or something. Yeah. And he said, you know, in the Old Testament, they didn't call sin, sin. What they said, you were off the mark. Ah, in sinning. I don't, I don't see myself as a sinner, but I sin every day, I'm sure. <laughs> well, no, you're just off the mark. Like you said, maybe you didn't sleep enough, or maybe your mind is somewhere else. Who knows? But yeah. Oh my God, that was so beautiful to share your share today and our conversation and the PTSD. I I know the listeners will be benefit so much for it as I have. And so any last thoughts? Because we're going to end our show. I know you have a three o'clock. Um, you know, just gosh, you know, no, I mean, I hate this saying because it's, it, again, it's an AA saying, but after 25 years, it's really hardwired into my bloodstream. This too shall pass. Yes, shall pass. And, and you'll look back and you'll realize that God was doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself, you know, and take advantage of that. It's great material to get better and and to rise like the Phoenix, as you had and through grief recovery now or other modalities. You need to start with a support group where you need to be with your peers and then you can go for another educational therapeutic approach, which I do, which have you go through seven weeks of some awesome work and it's powerful and simple, simple and powerful at the same time. And Marianne, what did you talk? Well, we have to go because it's okay. I know we could talk a while. Maybe we'll get you back in here. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on the oh show. Everyone who's listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the time spent with you today. Well, you are so welcome. I hope I have a little nugget of, of, uh, of something for somebody. Well, I'm I, well, at least for me, for sure. And I know our listeners out there all over the world. I'm so happy. So we are at all the podcast platforms. Check out Marianne. We'll have some information on her. And we love you. I love you, Charlene. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. So big hug and love, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Peace and love. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts, and we will keep you posted on our next podcast. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now, and if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is Grief Recovery Method dot com forward slash grms forward slash charlene dash gorzella it would be an honor to hear from you